Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hey, and welcome back to another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. We are delighted you're with us, and we're hoping that 2021 is a phenomenal year for you. Uh, As always, we just want to encourage you to leave uh, reviews or ratings, um, subscribe to the podcast. We've got well over 100 episodes now available, and those are all available on our website. So I'm Joel Grote, and with me tonight is... And I'm Lynn Wilder, and we have with us Hillary and Grant Gardner tonight. Met them a few years ago at Water Springs Church. They're from Idaho. Um, Hillary and Grant are former LDS. In fact, they just told us that they have five adopted children through LDS services, and yet they are now believers in Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. Welcome, uh, Grant and Hillary. Thank Thank you. you. I I do have to throw out one thing. Our first two were adopted through LDS family service. The next three were not. They're all adopted. The uh, first two, we got as infants through LDS family services. Um, the next three, we did uh, foster care first and had them for about a year and a half, and then we were able to adopt them through the state. Wow. Yeah, can relate to that. We've got five adopted kids of our own, but well, we won't so- get too sidetracked on that. We could probably spend the whole evening uh, sharing, right. swapping stories on that. So it's a it's a wonderful ride. It's a great life. So, so Grant, Grant, were you the first one to kind of question Mormonism and tell us how all of that began for you guys? Oh, I, I was in missionary mode when I began to question my uh, really? brother that was a year older than me, and he asked me to stop on my way home from work one night, so I did, and he had some questions for me about the church, and he'd never been a very active person in the LDS church all growing up. He always had questions about it, uh-huh. and he asked me the, the question was, where did the book of Abraham come from, and uh-huh. I gave my basic missionary answer and he said well i understand that's what you've heard but will you study that for me and i said <laughs> and, you know i was really thinking that i was going to be bringing them right back into the church with this family and we were just going to have the time of our lives and just keep carrying on like we always had and uh got home that night i literally pulled it up on the computer to start studying after everybody went to bed and like couldn't leave the computer. I was so enthralled in the things that I was reading that I'd never heard that I literally, I think it was probably four o'clock in the morning when I finally went upstairs to go to bed and and uh, journey began. Do you know wow. Joel's ministry actually did a video on the book of Abraham? So yeah. the lost book of Abraham. The lost book of Abraham. You may have run across it that night. We highly uh, recommend it. So were you raised LDS then? Yes, born and raised, both of us were. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I. Um, Idaho. Um, I well, I was born in Walla Walla, Washington. We ended up in Phoenix, Arizona, until I was ten, and then uh, grew up the rest of the time right outside of Rexford, Idaho. Okay. Went on a mission to Iowa. Um, came back, went to Rex College because that's where home was, and 
And we pretty much lived here our entire married lives with the exception of about 18 months down in Utah, Provo and Salt Lake. And make sure the audience knows where you are. Idaho Falls. So yeah. Hillary, you were born LDS too? Yes, ma'am. I was born and raised LDS. I was planning to serve an LDS mission before this guy came along. But we got married when I was 20. So I I frequently said to him that he was the reason I didn't serve a mission. And I'm very happy about that now. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Okay, Grant. So it started with the Book of Abraham, and where did it go from there? Well, where were you guys at? Where are you guys at in your marriage, your family at this point? How long had you been married? About 15 years we've been married. Um, we got married in 1995 in uh, the Idaho Falls LDS Temple. Okay. And that's where our lives began. We were married for about six years. Um, when we, well, we found out a little bit earlier than that, that we couldn't have children together. And that's why we chose and went to LDS family services, uh, towards adoption. Okay. We got, uh, our oldest daughter, Hannah, she was four days old when we got her. Wow. And, uh, about a year later, we filled out our paperwork again and ended up 13 months after we did the paperwork, getting our son, Lucas. So he's two years younger than Hannah. Um, also through LDS Family Services, and uh, and so we just kind of started the family and thought we were stuck right uh, where we wanted to be, two kids and happily married and running through life and and yeah. Doing? Do you guys have callings in your church then? Active? Um, um, during that time when we had when the kids were young, um, we well most of the time we spent in primary. For a long, long time. Sure. <laughs> um, we didn't have kids. It was interesting. We were in the nursery a lot. I guess when we had Hannah, we were in the nursery quite a bit then, too. And I was in the Elders Forum Presidency. I was in the Young Women's Presidency. Uh, was that when Hannah was a baby? Yeah. Yeah, when Hannah was I was in the Young Women's Presidency for a while. So she was young. So pretty active, huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we attended the temple quite often. We we love Friday nights in Idaho Falls because they had the cafeteria that had the five dollar prime rib, and mm -hmm. so we oh, have wow. a session and have a date night out of it and have a nice uh, a good time. And one of the things that we really love to do. And yep. and then we uh, we did get the our three youngest children. They were a sibling group. We got them through foster care. And I, I guess that's when the journey kind of started. My we had them as foster kids. I had a uh, my maternal grandma passed away um she was 104 when she passed away wow <laughs> and I, I wish i would have been thinking i would have brought the poem that she wrote uh, we went to her funeral out on the wyoming uh south dakota border in deadwood uh sundance area and in her service the pastor that was officiating read the poem that my grandma wrote and it was just all about jesus and I didn't grow up close to any of my grandparents. Um, as far as physically close, they were always quite far away. And so I really never knew what their feelings were. I did know that they always, this one in particular was always Christian. 
and she came and went to Eric, me and my two brothers that went on missions. And when we got married in the temple, she was always at our farewells and our mission reports. And she always supported us. Um, but the first time I really heard a whole lot uh, about her beliefs was the poem that she wrote about Jesus. And it was amazing. Wow. Well, so if that's if that's something you'd like to share, if you have that in any sort of like PDF, it's something we could even link to in the show notes um, for our listeners. So I, I will, I will get it to you. I'll okay, have... that'd be fantastic. But this is one of the things that started Hillary and I talking about the LDS Church is on our way home because it was quite a drive home from Idaho, Idaho Falls from uh, Sundance, Wyoming. We I, I asked Hillary the question. I said, "Do you have any thought at all?" that Grammy has to wait for a year and we need to go do her temple work before she's going to see Jesus. Oh, oh wow. I just had the answer of no, we, I just don't believe that. However, it didn't change our reactions of we still need to go to the temple. We still need to do our things that we're planning on doing. But oh, both of us agreed on that. Well, I was questioning things, but just not to that extent yet. Okay. So. so then go back to your dive down the book of Abraham rabbit hole and tell us a little bit about just what that did, what that started waking up in you, where that led, how that impacted your relationship. Um, it was very interesting because it, it did. I, I started asking my brother questions at this point because I was like wanting to know what he knew, but because of all the studying that I was doing, it seemed like all the Egyptologists that I was studying were saying that this is a death scroll for some pagan priest named Horus is my memory on the yep. whole but I mean, it was uh, mapped through the afterlife and different things, but it wasn't the book of Abraham. That seems like the only thing that it wasn't. Um, I had my stepfather-in-law um, found a book for me to read written by uh, LD, uh, BYU professor. I don't remember his name, but about why the book of Abraham was true. And I started reading um, and just shortly into it, it basically said, again, I'm going off memory here. And right. Left we won't hold you. We won't hold you to be accurate. So, be <laughs> fairly accurate. So, but he said I can't pretend to presume what Joseph Smith was thinking or what was going on because I wasn't there. Um, yet shortly thereafter, he said that Joseph, it wasn't the Book of Abraham, and the the scrolls were not, but it was a almost a medium, so to speak, um, for him to have a vision on to see physically see the Book of Abraham through vision. Um, in the writings of Abraham. And uh, really that's not to me at all what it says because the, oh, the main page of uh, the book of Abraham says it's the writings of Abraham in his own hand that he was seeing. Right, that he um, had written on papyrus himself, yeah. So it didn't match up in my mind. And so at that point, it wasn't a question of anything other than, well, if he couldn't do that, everything else has to be questioned. And so I just started studying probably more than I've ever studied anything in my life. And looking back at it, and Lynn is a professor. <laughs> he probably studied more than I ever have in my life. But uh, I found it very interesting that I'd never had the desire to study like that, to find truth in something as important as Jesus. Yeah. Going off so many people's hearsay and what other people told me to believe my entire life at that point, which, what was I, I had to be about 34 or so, 35. Hmm. 
No, I was more like 38 or 39, I guess. I was yeah, older. You were 40. But I was going on everybody else's testimony, so to speak, because I was sitting here going, wow, I just, I guess I don't have anything because none of this seems to be right to me. Um, but so trained, right? To trust church people and just follow the priesthood, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what I've done. That's what I've gone to my, out on a mission and taught people. And, you know, so I was questioning my own, what yeah. I felt were my own beliefs, which is a hard thing to do. Um, but as I got more um, studying done, at the same time while I was studying all these things, we'd say, I'd say this was probably over a two or three month period, as I was starting to, well, I'd questioned about everything, but I wanted to learn. I wanted to understand and I wanted to know what the Bible was saying about all these things. Because the one thing that steadfast in me is I did not want to lose my uh, belief in Jesus. That was oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, this stuff can all be bogus if you want and but jesus isn't i still knew that jesus was there the things that happened um to me whether it was on my mission or with family and friends through um giving blessings so to speak everything that i did when i saw you know these miracles happening through a blessing every one of them was done in the name of jesus christ and that was the only thing that i could really tie to all the amazing things that had happened spiritually in my life was in the name of jesus christ i command blah or I asked for, or, you know, can I see healing or whatever? And I did see a lot of amazing things, but what I came down to as well, that's Jesus. So I want to get to know that Jesus. And I started going um, Water Springs, which at the time was Calvary Chapel of Idaho Falls with my brother. We'd go on Wednesday nights and then we'd go to Saturday night service. And then I go to Calvary Chapel Rexburg in Rexburg on Tuesday nights because I worked up in Rexburg at the time. I, to admit that I lied a lot because I told my wife I was working late every Tuesday night and I'd be home late. Uh, oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, our... Grant. So where <laughs> is Hillary in all this? I mean, you've done this deep dive. You're questioning everything. How much of this are you sharing with her as you're exploring? And nothing. <laughs> Hillary's like, nope. Doesn't sound so, like it. Wow. So how 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 does Hillary get brought into what's going on? Because you're the priesthood holder. I mean, her destiny rests to a certain degree in your hands. It, right. Um, and honestly, my biggest fear right then, Hillary was, um, I, for lack of a better way to put it, as Mormon as Mormon can get from the day I met her. Um, okay. She always had the strong testimony. She was always the one that no matter what happened, the church could help. And that's where you go, and that's where you find everything that you need was through the church. If you had a question, go to the bishop. They'll help you through it. And I had, I'd gone to the bishop and talked to him about my questions about the book of Abraham and um, just questioning why we talked too much about Joseph Smith and church. So we, I told you, I had the three young children that we got as foster kids. When we got them, they were four years old, 14 months and two months old. So when we wow. got five, well, five kids, seven years and under. And so we, so Hillary was busy at home, I'll say. That's oh, my heart, yes. Times a week. Um, but um, I literally, I, I knew that I had to talk to Hillary, but I was scared to death. I thought as soon as I said, Hillary, I'm questioning the church and I'm planning on leaving the church, that she was going to say, okay, we're done. Bye-bye. Yeah. And I was afraid of. Um, but, you know, so that was my fear. And I finally got to the point where I started praying, um, Jesus, you're more important than my fear. You're more important than anything in my life. And if you will please 
create a way for Hillary and I to discuss my feelings and what is going on with um, my wanting to leave this church. That's a lot of faith. Uh, yeah. That's a lot of faith for someone LDS. I don't think I would have believed that Jesus would open a door like that. You know, everything was so fear-based for me. Oh, it was scary. I was, I was afraid. And I knew, and I, my kids are the world, my wife's the world, and I didn't want to see that go its separate ways. But literally, the day after I prayed that prayer, Hillary came to me and said, yeah. we're going to be adopting these kids on this day. When are we going to take them to the temple? One day. And I said, Jesus, give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a beautiful thing. It really was. Um, and granted, through this conversation, when she said that, I, again, I was afraid to all get out, praying in my mind as much as I could. And I just told her, I said, we need to talk and we need to sit down to do it. And, and I don't remember exactly what all came out at the time, but it was, ultimately I, I've been studying a lot of things and I just don't believe that these things are true. And I would like to discuss them with you, but I don't want to force anything onto you. And yeah. I really did. I think I backpedaled a little bit in my faith because I really kind of said, you know, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. And, and I'm just going to be where I'm at. And and luckily, Jesus did step in, and, and I'd let Hillary tell a lot of the rest. Yeah, I was going to say, so, Hillary, what's going on <laughs> in your head when you come to him asking about when are we going to take our kids to the temple? And he says, um, probably never. Yeah. Uh, I was hysterical, to say the least. I didn't know what to do, which direction to turn. Um, in Grant's defense, I had been in a horrific car accident so I was in the process of healing from my car accident I was on the tail end of that um and he didn't want to put my mental state in a place where I wouldn't be able to handle myself because of what I had just recently been through sure yeah. brain injury is what her injury was and so she we were what two and a half three years into a yeah. recovery time yes okay so he's being really considerate of you there's definitely some fear but he's got good reason to say you know what this is not something i need to dump onto my wife or her emotional and mental well-being at least at this point so okay um and now he does and <laughs> here <laughs> As God opened that door and the timing was was good uh, and we continued to pray a lot together and just God had actually been preparing my heart because by divine intervention soon after my car accident I was in a, a community production of Beauty and the Beast and the gal that played Belle in Beauty and the Beast, her name was, is Linda Meissner. And I call her my angel now because I met her by divine appointment. And the director of the play, I was actually there with several of my beauty school students. I had my instructor's license. And we were there to help with the hair and makeup. 
and the director asked me if I would do Belle's hair the same way every single night. And when I met Linda, I knew that she knew Jesus. Mm. Okay. He radiated the love of Jesus. And I asked her if she was LDS. <laughs> she said, no, I'm not. And you could have heard a pin drop hit the floor because I couldn't believe that she wasn't LDS. I knew nothing else. And I said, what are you? And she said, I am a born again Christian. And my response was, what is that? Wow. <laughs> so over a period of time, Linda and I kept in touch. And every time I had a question, she would say, let's see what the Bible has to say about that. Oh, wow. And she was such a light to me in my life and still is. Her and her church family prayed for me for three years. Wow. Oh, that is so cool. Wow. Here's the cool thing. God knew me personally and Linda and her church family were praying for me for three years and I was saved six months after Grant. Wow. Oh. That's, so how far uh, was Grant down the road when you started your connection with Linda then? Can you mesh the timelines for us a little bit here? I wasn't starting down the road yet when her and Linda hooked up as friends. We used state conference or general conference as an excuse to go see friends. <laughs> so <laughs> Hillary asked one time, would you care if I went to Linda's church with her. She invited me to go to church, and, it's, and I don't remember if it was state or general conference, but we don't have church ourselves this day. Yeah. So if I went, and I was like, I don't care, go ahead, that's fine. It's always fun, and, and I've been to some different uh, churches before in my life, and it was always fun to see how other people were acting, reacting, whatever. Worshiping. I had never been to another church in my life. Wow. So, so, God, so God's doing all this behind-the-scenes work in yes. both of your lives without either one of you being aware of it. Oh yeah. Um, that it's just so amazing. I I'm always encouraged and amazed at how much God is a pursuing God. Yes. How he goes after people yes. and and he does it very often using loving people who are in love with Jesus and radiate that love to start setting a foundation for stuff that's going to happen later. He's just so amazing. He's so personal and he knows what we need. And, and that's hard to believe when you're LDS. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a Christian idea, right? That right. God loves you, that God's personal with you, that God arranges things, that God cares enough, whether you're upset about something and can bring answers and can bring people. And a lot of us don't see it until after we're born again and look back on this amazing thing patchwork that God has put together in our lives that we never even realized was happening because we didn't have that kind of faith in God when LDS. We didn't know a God that was loving and personal. I just thought of God the Father as some big judge waiting for me to mess up. You know, I just, I didn't have, when you said that Linda showed the love of Jesus, 
my first thought was, I hope somebody says that about me after I'm dead, because that's all I care about, right? That folks would know us by our love, and that that love would draw other people, not to us, not to a church, but to that amazing and personal God. Yes, well, I have to share with you that I believed as an LDS person that I had a personal relationship with Jesus. I knew that Jesus was much bigger than what I had been taught. And so when we were saved, we truly had many discussions about this, that this is the Jesus we had longed for. He was so much bigger than we had been taught. And I have to let you know that when I left the LDS church, I called Linda and she cried and cried and told me she was so happy. And she also shared with me that when she tried out for that play, she prayed that God would give her the lead role and bring someone to him through her. And that was me. Wow. That's a miracle. And I'm guessing there's a whole lot more to your story because we haven't even reached. And yet I'm looking at the time thinking that's probably all we have time for for this episode. So can we do a part two with you guys and just kind of like continue this story? Sure. Um, because I think there's so much more here, but this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, You're welcome. Thank you, Jesus, for pursuing and even the answering, you know, the prayers of people like Linda and others. So. A couple of times you've said something about being saved or being born again. And I think to most LDS listeners, I wouldn't have had any idea what you were talking about either, right? <laughs> um, and so when we come back next time, I want to start out by asking you how that happened for you and what that meant and what was the before and after. Sounds Hillary, thanks for being with us. We look forward to the next episode with you guys. God bless. Grace and peace. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.